I understand. Yes, you need to work hard. You need to work on your business. It, it, it takes work. It's not just going to magically produce clients for you. But it's having a clear goal, having a clear focus on what you want to achieve and then how you want to get there. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Matt Rouse, and today my guest is Alyssa Williamson, who has built a successful branding and marketing business and has now helped scores of women become entrepreneurs and build the business of their dreams. Alyssa, how are you? I'm great, Matt. It's a, it's a wonderful day. How are you doing? I am doing great, and it is a wonderful day. I'm, so you're pretty close to where I am. I'm in Hillsboro, Oregon. Yes, I'm in Eugene, Oregon. Oh, you're in Eugene? Okay, it's going to be hot this week, like hot, hot. Hopefully. I think it said it was going to be like almost 90 degrees, which well, I mean, it's hot for me because I'm from Canada. <laughs> um, it used to, it's funny, it's been what, high 70s? I'm from California and I used to think that was a cold summer day. And now I'm like, oh, this is, this is warm and comfortable. That's right. You get acclimatized, right? Yeah. Or acclimated, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how people say it. I know when I first moved here from Canada, I was like going swimming in the outdoor pool in my apartment complex in January because I was like, <laughs> this is the warmest day ever. But now I would never do that. I'd freeze to death. So let me ask you this straight out. Your website says you're an intuitive success coach. What is an intuitive success coach? So what I help my clients, many women, I do help some men too, but mostly women, is using that inner wisdom and that inner guidance that we all have. And it's I look at it as a science and an art and taking that that guide to live your best life, live your dream life and create your dreams and know know what you want, have purpose in your life and make that part of your action. And I work with business owners because I love that they've got a passion. They're working to make the world a better place, help other people and have a mission that they're working on in the purpose of creating their dream life. Do you think that people intuitively know what they want to do? Or do you think it's more like a getting out of your own way kind of thing? It's a bit of both. Some people just more naturally listen to their intuition and follow it. And some people have let society and beliefs or just their own brain and trying to overthink things. I was one of the, the latter where I tried to think everything. I was like, oh, that feels right. But no, I'm going to justify it and explain it. And I'm going to research it for days and then I'm going to make a decision. And I just spent so long in my brain and not just listening to what my body was telling me. So sometimes it's, it's a natural. And some people, that's why it seems like they they reach success so quickly is they're just following their intuition and listening to that, that inner guide and getting that wisdom from the world around us. And other people need to work on it and need to practice it and actively be like, what is my intuition saying? How can I use that to help me through this situation? I mean, a lot of times, at least in my experience, I find that people spend a lot of time on the thinking things through side and not enough time on the acting side. Right. Like, how can I get something execute, you know, get get a plan together and actually start the plan? Yes. Do enough research that you're you're informed and you know what you're doing, but just take action. Don't sit there stewing on it and just making it a bigger issue, a bigger stressful a stress in your life than it needs to be. Get enough information that you can be like, I'm making an informed decision. Here's my first step. And then just start taking the steps forward. Right. I'm a big fan of the like build the car while you're driving it kind of thing. <laughs> you know, that can be pretty scary at the start. I mean, I wouldn't do it as much as I do now, but 
when I first started, it was kind of your nimble at the start, right? You can, you know, if something's not working, you can switch. Right? And you learn as you go. And that's, that's really what life is too. We don't know everything when we start out. You're learning as you go. And yeah, as you've done it longer, you have more of a pool of wisdom and experience to gather from. But if you just stay in your comfort zone, you're never going to expand either. So you want to be always getting out of your comfort zone and scaring yourself a little bit each day or each over time. <laughs> right. Each, however you measure your time of your business, it's going to be different when you do different things, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you're doing e-commerce stuff, you can look at a day-to-day basis and look at your sales and stuff and make adjustments. But, you know, if your sales cycle is three months or something, I mean, you're not going to be changing on a day-to-day basis, right? And as a business owner, how visible are you? Are you maybe, maybe that's what scares you. Maybe it's putting a post out in a different place, different location, social media, email every day. Maybe it's just a little step or maybe that's first you start out once a week and then you... Once you feel comfortable with that email once a week, then you do, okay, now I'm going to post Instagram once a week and I'm going to post Facebook. So it can be in different ways, but just expanding, being bold, be bold in your marketing. 100% agree. I also think that consistency when you're doing, especially certain types of tasks are really important. I know that like with this podcast, we started, stopped, decided not to publish the first few episodes, redid them again. And then started again. I finally, I was honestly, I was fed up with not starting. So I just said, we're going to do it on this date. That's it. We're starting on that date. And we just started doing it. I like booked a studio before we even decided what we we're going to talk about. I'm like, we're going to go into the studio and we're going to record this thing. But sticking with it over time, like, I honestly think we didn't start hitting the best episodes that we could do until we we're at least nine months in. It's it's experience as a a host, learning what to ask, and it's building that rapport. But that's a couple things I I love is, yeah, just said, I'm going to do this at this point. And then you just have to take the action to get there. It's true. And imperfect action. It's better to take imperfect action and be like, oh, well, look, I could have done this better. Look at this is what I learned, but this is what I did really well. So celebrating your wins and also being, okay, what did I learn from that and how can I improve rather than trying to wait and wait and be perfect? Just take the action. And it takes time to build up relationships with people. And anytime that you're doing any kind of marketing, I mean, unless it's purely transactional, which I mean, there is some things that are like that, but for the most part, you're trying to build rapport or you're building an audience or a fan base or, you know, whatever that may look like for your business. But the, the reason that, we get more listeners on our podcast every single month is that some of the people who listen to it before listen to it again. Right. So it's constantly building. And as more people listen, a few of them tell some other people about it. I hope you'll tell somebody about it. And, you know, then we get more listeners. Right. And it kind of builds on itself. And the same thing happens with social media. The same thing happens with networking, like in person, or I guess technically not in person now, but Zoom person. That's right. Zoom person. But all that stuff. So let me ask you this. This is kind of an aside. But what do you think of the hustle culture of like Gary Vaynerchuk and and the Silicon Valley, like go, go, go 12 hour days, seven days a week kind of thing? It's funny because I live that because I'm from the Bay Area. And so I grew up and experienced that for the first what 10 years of my business. 
And it was moving to the Pacific Northwest or I lived in New Zealand for a couple of years as well. My family's from there. And having that perspective made me realize this isn't what life's about. And so I've been there. I've worked hard. I've hustled. Um, my business was my baby. Like that's what I did all the time because I loved it. And so that's, that's one point too, that is that if you love your, your work, it doesn't feel like work, but it is still work. And then you're always on. Especially now that we're a little more connected than ever. Yes. And one of the things I did very quickly, I never had my emails or work related stuff ping on my phone. I was like, I don't need to be that connected, but I was available. I made myself available to clients on the weekends. And it was just like, you never get downtime to relax. Even with days off, like if I made days off during the week or different times, it just never meshed. So I understand, yes, you need to work hard. You need to work on your business. It, it, it takes work. It's not just going to magically produce clients for you. But it's having a clear goal, having a clear focus on what you want to achieve and then how you want to get there. Because when I first started my business, I'm like, I just want to make lots of money. Well, yeah, I was making lots of money. I hit 10K a month in my first two years, but I was also working all the time. And I remember I had friends that would be like, oh, let's go do this. And I'm like, sorry, I got a client project tonight. And it's like, this is evenings and weekends. And they would always be like, I know you're really busy, but can you come do this? Or I would work really hard and play really hard and never sleep. So I spent a couple months where I slept four hours a night. And all of that, I don't want other people to have to live that either. That is not what being a business owner is about. There may be periods of hard work, but you need to find that balance. And so now for me, actually following my intuition makes life easier. I actually don't have to work as much. I attract the life I want, the clients I want. I get to work with clients that I enjoy rather than some of those headache clients I used to have. And so it's really, it's a process of knowing, knowing your goals, knowing what you want and knowing what you want your life to look like, not just your business, but what it's a bigger picture. What does your life need to look like? And so that's what I like to help clients get out of that hustle culture and create that dream life where they can travel or get away because some people can't even, they're like, I could never go on vacation. And how sad is that? I want to get down. My goal is to get to a four day work week. Like they do some places in Europe have been exploring. Whereas in the U S we don't even get the same vacation days that they do. And then we feel guilty for taking vacation days. It's funny. I'm from Canada. So I know, you know, the longer, longer vacations and yeah I actually used to work four tens at the job that I had in Canada before I moved to the U.S. in 2001 so I was already on a four-day work week and it makes all yeah all the different I had one job right after college where we did alternate four tens and then five eights and it was me and another lady so we got to switch I love those four tens and I love my three-day weekends right we used to have this thing where you could Either you could get your overtime paid out or you could bank it and they would pay it out to you regular time later. And so I banked up so much overtime over like a two or three year period that I actually then had a three day work week for the last nine months that I worked there. So I worked like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday every week and that was it. And then I worked on my business on the side. That's amazing. See, that sounds like dream where you get to make the difference. You're doing your work. But you also get to live and really experience and have adventures. I think there's a little bit of, um, I don't know, like a, 
a kind of badge of honor with the business owner, the entrepreneur that's like, you know, yeah, I used to do 16 hour work days for six days a week and then 12 hours on Sundays, you know, for six months or whatever it is. Right. And I don't think there's anything wrong with working hard at the start, but I don't think you need to do it for six months, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing is it becomes, it's so acceptable. It's like, okay, I'm a business owner. I'm busy. That's the other thing is people say, oh, I'm really, I'm just so busy, busy, busy. And it's like, yeah, but we need to slow down. The stress is what's killing us now. We need to have time to maybe within your day, just, I used to be too busy to stop and meditate for 15 minutes. And that does, that has so many health benefits, but helps get you just focused on what you're working on too. If you're so scattered on everything you're trying to do, it's like squirrel. You just have all these thoughts running through your head and you can't keep on track. And so nothing really gets done because you keep jumping from task to task to task because you're so busy. And then at any time when people are that busy and they're working that much, any time that they pause for any amount of time, they fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> if they're like commuting, they fall asleep. If they like lay down for five minutes, they fall asleep. I took naps in my office while my, my co-workers were, or my employees were working. I was like, oh, snap time. Took out a blanket and pillow. And I was like, I, I need this. But I've been there. I've done that being, being the workaholic. And that's really what it is. You love what you do, but it's still being a workaholic. And you do have to turn off occasionally and have those boundaries, whether it's with clients or team members or employees. Right. When I was an IT contractor like 20 years ago, I actually wrote a blog article about how to look like you're working while you're asleep. And with all these ways that you could like prop yourself up in your cubicle so you could like take a quick nap, but you still looked like you were working. It was kind of funny. There's humor to it, but the sad thing is, is that something did inspire that. Yeah, well, I was inspired by boredom. I mean, being an IT contractor in, I would say not most cases, but a lot of cases, they're hiring you to do a job, not because they don't know how to do it. It's because they don't want to do it. Like no one on their team wants to do it. And they're like, well, let's bring in a contractor. So I did this job once. This is kind of an aside, but it was one company had sold a division of their company to another large kind of multinational corporation. So my job was to rebrand the internal website with the branding of the new company. Okay. So they budgeted a year for me to do this job. Right. Eight hours a day, Monday to Friday for a year. It was like 4,000 web pages or something. And I wrote some scripts and I got the whole thing done in about four days. Right. So then I just told them and they didn't care because it was paid for by the other company. But I was in their office like I didn't have a boss from either company there. They're just like, this is the work that needs to get done. So then I helped them work on their business for the next nine months until I got so bored. I went and got another job. But like being an IT contractor sometimes is just painful. Yeah, there's to be fulfillment, too. It's not every job is going to fulfill your soul, but feeling like you've completed something. I had design projects where we get to the end and then the client's like, I don't remember why they they're just like, oh, well, we're too busy for that now or whatever reason. They're like, oh, we've changed our mind. And it's like, but we just completed completed this for you. Like, don't you want to use it? It feels sort of meaningless if it doesn't get used. There's a um, video. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. It's about different cultures all over the world, but it's silent. Well, I shouldn't say silent. They don't speak in it, but it just has music playing and it shows all these videos of places. And there's these monks and they shave little pieces of chalk and they make these elaborate giant artwork out of the chalk. And once they finish the whole thing, they sweep it up. 
<laughs> so the idea of it is to make beautiful temporary things. And I think that's, that's a, that's, it's an odd thing to consider when you're a business owner. Usually you're trying to build things, right? With as much permanence or longevity as possible. But sometimes you need to experiment, right? You need to, need to test some stuff out and some, some stuff that's going to disappear. And it's the creativity too, just letting that creative outlet happen. And sometimes it leads to something. And sometimes it's just getting outside of the box, letting your brain think. It's about the journey, not just the destination. It's difficult a lot of times as a business owner to have any kind of creative time because you're so busy doing all the tasks and you never think about all the things that need to be done. You just can't think it up, right? Well, that just recreates the problem too. If you right. don't have any priorities, everything becomes a priority. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you know this, but and, and probably most of the people listening know this, but pretty much every single thing you need to do on the internet is never as easy as it sounds like it's going to be. <laughs> right. And I've been working in technology all my life. Right. I mean, I ran a pre-internet bulletin board system when I was 12. I've been doing this for 35 years. I've been working on computers and networks and systems and marketing and all these things. Right. And, you know, just like we had talked about before the show, I had to like fight for over 60 days to fix a title on a Google My Business listing for a client of ours. Right. I actually got to go to the point of finding an employee of Google My Business that could fix it because I couldn't get it done through support. And it's something it's a job that takes five seconds. But I had to spend, I don't know, 12 hours on it over the last six months, you know, trying to get this thing fixed or the last two months. It's just amazing. It's that one person who has the power to make the change. Right. I had to find the person with the power. And these large internet companies, they have a lot of leverage over your business these days, right? Because they basically they have all the eyeballs. And if you want people to see your business, you have to play by their rule book. And I mean, it can be difficult. And in some cases, you don't have a whole lot of choice. But it's also amazing to me how many people haven't. Because I do. I like during lockdown with COVID, we would look up what restaurants are open. And in the end, we didn't trust it because some people hadn't updated it. So it is a powerful tool when you use it. And it's it can be debilitating to your business when it's, when it's been something's happened that it's not working correctly, but it's a powerful tool that people should be using. It could be using, but in the end, there are probably some restaurants I tried to go to because they said they were open and then they weren't. And then I just gave up. I'm like, well, I can't trust Google anymore. None of the businesses are updating their hours or whether they're open or closed. And you go to their website and it hasn't been open since last, it hasn't been updated since last fall. And you're like, are they even open? Is there anyone there? People don't update their websites enough and it's, Maybe they don't have someone on staff. Maybe they just had it built and then it's done. But it's such a powerful tool as well. And I know, hey, I'm like you. I built my first website when I was 12. I just taught myself how to code. So I'm one of the lucky ones that I just, I do all my own design and marketing because I know know it. But I feel for those businesses that don't. But there's so many opportunities they could be maximizing. Yeah, I think that might be one of those things where, it's, it's going to depend on the size of your business. You know, if you're a one person business, maybe you should put a little footnote on your calendar once a month to go check a few things, you know, check your Google My Business, update your Facebook page. If you use any social media for that matter, you should have that and say, I'm going to go check and make sure my description of my company is still valid, that the phone number is correct, that kind of stuff. You know, maybe once every month or two, you go do that. But if you have a a business where maybe you have an admin or you have administrative staff who can do these things, you know, it should be more like 
You should be updating that stuff weekly, if not daily in some cases, right? Depending upon what it is. And it depends if you're doing SEO. And that's, well, that's the hardest challenge for business owners is they got into this business to do their business. But marketing is essential to growing your business. And it's a balance of, but wait, I have to learn how to do marketing, especially those solo business owners. I have to learn how to do marketing, but I have to do my business. And that's where it's, that's where we end up in the hustle culture because you're trying to market your business and do the work. And it's that tipping point where you have to balance to either be able to hire someone or learn to do it in a faster manner or just find those efficiencies or pay someone like you where you can at least set up the automation for them as well. Right. Or they get on the roller coaster, which is I do a whole bunch of work to get clients and then I get clients. And I can't do that work anymore. And then I have no clients. So I got to do a bunch of work to try and get clients. And then now I got too many clients and I can't do the work to get more clients anymore. Yep. I actually wrote a book about that. It's called Flattening the Hamster Wheel. <laughs> the idea is that a wheel, like a round hamster wheel, right? You're just kind of going around in circles. But if you were to clip that and kind of lay it out straight like a train track, you would flatten it out and you can actually get somewhere. But that's an aside. There's strategies in there for people to grow their business if they're stuck. And funny thing that you mentioned about going on a vacation the last sentence of chapter one is about the person in business that I'm talking about needs to go on a vacation sometime, but they can't because they're trapped on the hamster wheel. Yep. Well, and that's sort of my main messaging is I focus on, I want to help entrepreneurs, solo professionals who have a passion for travel, really. Like they want to live a life of adventure. They want to see, and maybe it's local, maybe it's international, whatever that means to them, but just having the free time and the flexibility and I actually have a free guide on my website that's five tips to pretty much increasing your income, having more time, but having a life of adventure, because that's really what this experience needs to be about. It's true. We'll have that in the show notes, too. You get the show notes at hookseo.com slash podcast, and it's alyssawilliamson.com. It's spelled A-L-Y-S-S-A. Williamson, as just as you imagine it. So the, uh, <laughs> talking about adventure... Because of a lot of, I mean, there, there's quarantine, depending upon where you live right now. There's like Oregon just came out with new mask regulations today. Just so you guys at home know, we're July 13th is while we're when we're recording this. But not necessarily like a staycation, but a kind of close to home vacation right now or kind of day trip type stuff is something that I think should be a lot more popular than it is. I see a lot of people who are like, well, I'm stuck in my house and I can't go anywhere. I'm like, but you can get in your car and you could drive anywhere you want, basically. And I think a little bit, it depends on some of the regulations. I know people are complaining about Oregon and how, like, yeah, we're required to wear masks and we're limited for these things. But California, they're shutting down outdoor dining again. And so it, it partly does depend on where you are. But yeah, just it's summer. Go out and enjoy nature. I have seen a lot of people hiking. So that's the other side is you try and go somewhere and there's a lot of people there. But go for a bike ride, go for a walk around your neighborhood, do a day trip to a part of the state that you know is quieter, go camping in the woods. Oregon is a lot of BLM land. If you're in like London or New York or LA or something, that might be an issue for you, right? You're going to yeah. have to drive somewhere. But I like the idea of having kind of a plan B. So like a good, a good example is... I take my daughter out to this park that's next to the public library because the public library is closed. And we go there and it's not like a playground park. It's like there's some ponds and ducks and stuff. We go feed the ducks. I bought a bunch of duck food, you know, on Amazon for cheap. So I got <laughs> 30 pounds of duck food 
for the same price as I got a bag of it at the store before. There's your entertainment. That's right. So we go feed the ducks. But if there's too many people there, like if we drive in, there's a bunch of cars parked there, then I have a, a like a secondary location that I don't think anybody's going to be there that we go to. Right. So I've got kind of a backup plan. So I get my daughter, get family in the car. Right. And we're enclosed. We're away from everyone else. And uh, we go somewhere where we can be out in the open away from other people. And we bring our masks in case there's a bunch of people walking around or something. And we go do something. And, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, everybody has the option to do those things depending upon where you live. But I think it's great to get out, like you're saying, get out in nature and stuff. I live in the suburbs. I can walk around wherever I want. There's nobody around my house. Yeah. And I know it depends on the situation that you're in, but some of the basics go camping in your backyard or like I had a trip planned to Vancouver, British Columbia, but Canada is not letting us in. we got to be quarantined. So yeah, maybe I'll go do a camping trip out on Eastern Oregon. Maybe I'll just pick out some towns nearby that I've never visited. There's, there's some cute little historical towns and just do, just wander, have a goal, but not the goal to be like, you're going to feed some ducks, but it doesn't matter where you feed them just to get out or see something new for the day. And there's nothing stopping you from making some, you know, coffee or tea, packing up some snacks and going to your car somewhere. You don't have to be like, well, none of the restaurants are open or the cafes aren't open or I can't go shopping. Well, buy some crap on Amazon and go somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, let's aside from that, we should probably get back on task a little bit because I wanted to talk to you about habits. Yes. So you're always talking about maximizing habits. And I thought that was a really interesting way to kind of for people to grow their business and their brand and stuff. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. And that's a huge part. So I look at it being a business owner. There's sort of three areas. There's mindset and intuition. There's high performance, high successful habits, and then the marketing. So those are sort of the three tripods that really legs of a tripod that really create a successful business owner and habits make your day. You're doing things throughout the day, no matter what. They can either be supporting your goal or they're not supporting your goal. This goes into a, um, a couple of things. But first off, I, I believe that you should always know your goal and a goal in life and not, not in a, this is what I'm focused on. It's the only thing I'm looking at. But have, have what brings you joy? What, what gives you purpose in your life? Understanding that and knowing that outside of your business. Like you as a person, as a business owner, are so much more than just your business. And so that's why your business shouldn't be the only thing in your life. For me, I want to travel the world and have amazing experiences with those that I love. A lot of things fit that, but I also want to make a difference in the world through my business and help others. And so once you know your goal, breaking that down each day, what are your activities each day? What are you doing? What is your priority items? And when do you, knowing when you work best, some people work best in the morning, you've got the most willpower, you've got the most brain power. Your willpower is like a muscle too. The more you use it through the day, it gets tired. By the end of the day, it's very hard to make decisions if you've been making decisions all day long. So some of it's knowing yourself, knowing who you are, and then creating habits of, I write down my tasks for the day, every single day, and I put them in order of priority so that I don't have to spend time thinking, what am I working on next? I spend time, I have a morning routine that gets me energized and excited about what I'm going to do. I visualize what I'm going to complete and see it happening, which is again, another technique that like Olympic athletes do. They see themselves winning the gold over and over and over again. 
And this sort of gets into the mindset, intuition side as well. But having that routine that you just fall into that is leading for your success as a business owner, for your business, for your life and your goals. That's more of a big picture. I can break it down more, but that's sort of a big picture. Look at it. Right. I think there's always kind of that not necessarily like singular purpose. A lot of people think they need to have this like this is the one thing I need to focus on and nothing else matters in my life except this one thing. And that's absolutely not true, right? I mean, you need to have personal growth goals and business growth goals and I mean, other things also, but. Um, if all you talk about is your business, you're very boring to other people. That's true. I probably have that problem. <laughs> I probably do too, but I love it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the the, the dream, right, for, for pretty much anyone is they want their life to mean something, right? They want to make it make a difference in the world. They want to have some kind of legacy, right? Generally, when they get older, they're more worried about legacy. And, you know, they, they have personal things that they want to do in their life too, you know, for their life and their family and stuff like that. And being able to do both sides of that, I think is super important. You know, the way that you're helping people to find those things is going to help a lot of people for starters, but it's also, it kind of builds a better society, right? When people in general are doing things that grow themselves and their culture that isn't at somebody else's detriment, right? You see a lot of really large companies taking advantage of people who are maybe lower in, in income or status, right? And it's, it's nice to have a business where you can, you can build people up and, and make a difference in their lives without having to take something away Right. Yeah, it should be mutually beneficial. And this just reminded me of something. So I had an opportunity where I've talked to a lot of women and I would often ask them, what do you do for fun? And the saddest thing was when they're like, this is the first time I've gotten together with my girlfriends. Or what do you mean? Like, I don't have time for fun. And they were serious, but it's acceptable in our culture that mothers or just people in general. Oh, you don't like you're just so busy doing everything else. And so I think I just realized that might have been something that inspired me, too. That's true. And there's that that everybody now thinks they're always busy. And that's because every piece of software these days that's especially social media software and stuff is engineered to try and get your attention as often and as for as long as possible. So everything you look at that is social or, or attention based or engagement based Somebody is writing an algorithm to make that system better at getting your attention and keeping it. So when you flick on Netflix or Hulu or something, there have scores of engineers who are writing software and analyzing to figure out how can we make you watch this longer? What is going to make you stay here longer? Facebook and TikTok and Instagram and all these places is how can we get people to stay on the platform longer and how can we pull them back if they leave? that it creates a busyness. Yeah. And it's not all bad because if you're enjoying something or like marketing, I actually like when I get targeted ads that are in something that I was looking at or related to my interests and it shows me something new. So there's good to it too, but yes, it's the getting pulled back in or social media in general. It, it almost needs, you need a time frame on it because and don't, I heard this from somewhere. I haven't researched it, but I heard that like 
the amount of information we get in a day today that's calling our attention is equivalent to a full year back in the 1930s. Like a full year is what we receive in one day. I would say it's probably way more than that now. Yeah. It, I guess it kind of depends from person to person. But like a what Facebook, the company, would consider a heavy Facebook user nowadays is seven hours of Facebook use a day. And that's considered a heavy user, and that's about 10% of their user base. So, uh, I mean, you look at these applications and people are spending mass amounts of time on it. I spend all day on social media because I run social media ads in my agency. I got to keep an eye on stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And we use it for promotion and things like that, too. And I, you know, I also talk to my friends and crap. But I think one of the greatest things that you could do is to take any notification that's not worth someone basically grabbing your attention for and turning it off, right? I don't care if Joe liked Bob's post. Not it, That should not be an interruption to my day. Yeah, and you can go look at it later on. You can look at all the, the latest. Notes. Yeah, you can always go back, right? God forbid you miss one of those. <laughs> I'm just saying, most notifications are not important. And they actually distract you, and it takes you longer to get back on task. And that's another part of habits is... Knowing when to turn off things. Maybe you turn your phone on silent so that you can focus on a task and not always being available. What is your priority? And or is this knowing something is something a priority or is am I just putting out fires? Right. There's a cost of switching from one task to another. Yeah. We can't multitask. No matter how well we think we do it, you're just switching very quickly. And again, you're using up your, your willpower and at the end of the day you're not gonna make decisions very well. You just do two things badly instead of one thing well. Yeah. Take people who text and drive. Yeah, that's where the one thing at a time does come in handy is you do one task at a time. What's your most important task for the day? Can you get that done? Like, what do you need to do to get that done to move forward on your goal? And be focused. Have maybe blocks of time. Have an hour of time, 30 minutes of time where you're just focused on that, no interruptions. And then you stop, take a break, do what you need to do if you're feeling stressed out about emails or phone calls. And then go back into another block of time. Right. Just like when we started recording, my phone blipped at me and I was like, I grabbed it and looked at it and I was like, crap, I forgot to put my phone on do not disturb mode for recording. But it <laughs> got my attention. It was something not worth my time. Right. When I'm trying to put my focus into you. Right. So that we could have a good conversation. About <laughs> it. And, you know, the other thing is and this I mean, just kind of from my own personal experience for myself and other agency owners and other company business owners that I know the absolute best thing that you can do for your time. Once you start to grow your business is get someone else to answer the phone. I mean, there's so much robocalls and spam calls and cold calls for business owners. It's just a nightmare, right? Get somebody else to take care of that and then use that time you've freed up to actually do things that are going to move the needle for your business. And otherwise get a system in place. I know, um, you can get phone systems that, yeah, they, it sort of screens it out too. Yeah, I get an IP-based phone system, screen calling. And, you know, not everybody needs to have your phone number, right? I mean, I, I would say my top 10 clients probably have my cell phone number. Everybody else, you know, goes through usually our support channels. But, I mean, I'm calling people back usually within five minutes. It's not like, it's just that I don't want to answer all the calls who are not my clients. Right. And that also takes a toll. And I mean, there's all kinds of other distractions we could talk about, too. But I hate to cut it short, but I do have another meeting I got to get to. 
Alyssa, thank you so much for being on. And people, you can find her at AlyssaWilliamson.com. And is that the best place to get a hold of you? Yeah, AlyssaWilliamson.com. Or you can reach out by email. Hello, H-E-L-L-O at AlyssaWilliamson.com. There's some resources and lots of information on my website, too. Perfect. We'll have those in the show notes. Alyssa, thanks you for being on. Thank you for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Matt. This is fun. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.